0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Tomorrow is my mom's birthday, which would be then today. I'm recording this the evening of October 6th. She was born October 7th, 1925. I'm giving my mom's. she's 97. My dad turned 97 16 or 17 days ago, depending on when you listen to this. I am the firstborn son of five kids, and I was impacted just like every firstborn person, firstborn sons perhaps especially, imprinted by the DNA of your parents. Also today is the exact day. October 6th is the 26th anniversary of my near-fatal heart attack. I've gotten a new lease on life, a second chance, and I'm trying to make the most of it. One of the things I notice this is not a sports card, insight, but a life insight, is that generally you think, maybe I'll live as long as my parents. That's not a good thing if your parents die young, but if your parents are going pretty well into their 90s, that perhaps bodes well for you in terms of your heredity. So I wish that for everybody. It's been a great blessing to have my mom and dad around these extended years. Thanks sponsors, Tops Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, all those Beckett titles that came from my parents. I didn't have a choice of who I was going to be born to, and it was uh, Jim and Jane. Greatly blessed to have parents of high integrity, great work ethic, and uh, they poured into me in terms of character and uh, all of those things. Again, very blessed to have them. I hope I have them for a few years longer. I don't know when you're 97. The quality of life is they've already got the quantity. So I'm hoping this last season of their life would be good quality and I want to do my part. Going out to dinner, taking my mom and dad along with my brother and sister-in-law and wife. We're going out to dinner to treat my mom and dad. That would be tonight. looking forward to that. They're still living independently and enjoying Uh, life, but it's more difficult the older you get. I don't see a lot of uh, 90-year-olds going to the card shows, certainly not digging through the dollar boxes. I'm not sure how I will change my behavior when I get to the 80s or the 90s, and I hope I have that option. We're not a very narcissistic family. In spite of me having my name on things, that just seemed like the right thing to do, that it was Beckett Publications, but not making a big deal about that. I'm glad the Beckett name is well-respected in the industry. I want to do my parents proud and my family proud. Um, but again, not a lot of narcissism in my mom and dad or my wife either. They don't want somebody to go on and on about how wonderful they are, but I really could, but I'm not going to, but I do want to tie it into 1961 tops because that was a pivotal year for me. And my mom played a part in that. I think I've mentioned some of that. But I'm going to unpack that further. My mom loves sports. Uh, but what she imparted to me is not just the love of sports. She's an avid basketball fan, but she has liked all sports. Her adage, she played a lot of tennis over the years, a lot of tennis. Her thought was you should play, not just watch. You can watch tennis or baseball or basketball, but to play and have that understanding of having played at some level is a good thing. So my mom was very participatory in terms of sports and my dad was too, but my mom was a woman. I don't know if she's ahead of her time, but she was one of five daughters of my grandparents. She was the number four out of five, and she was probably the most athletic of her sisters. And there's some rumor that she was her dad's favorite, but there's no one left to uh, dispute that rumor since my parents have both outlasted their siblings. My dad was the oldest of three; the other two are now deceased. My mom was four out of five, and all the other four have passed away. So sad, except that they had lives well lived. I knew my aunts and uncles, and that was. Great. They knew what I was doing. They knew that I was the baseball card guy. I never had a lot of money growing up. My parents were not poor, certainly middle class. My dad was in management for large companies. My mom was pretty much a stay-at-home mom for the first several decades. And so I never really bought cards other than a nickel here and a nickel there. I'd return empty pop bottles where you'd get money back. If you returned the Coke bottles, you'd get two cents or whatever it was. And so I just don't remember having a lot of money. I never remember buying cards other than buying a few packs. I don't know how I got so many. I had a couple thousand cards in my childhood. I don't ever remember selling a card and I never bought a collection. The collection that I mentioned to Mike Phillips, that I got from the other Mike Phillips, who was a kid in my neighborhood. I don't know why he gave his collection to me. It was at the end of 1961. This is a 1961 Tops episode. I did not have a complete set. I think when Mike gave me his cards, which unfortunately had MPs in initials in ballpoint pen on the back, I don't know that I had a fully complete set, but I was really close. I remember missing some high numbers, and probably a few cards here and there. When I've discussed this with Rich, I think the series came out Faster than once a month. It's simple to say. First series came out in March and April, then May, then June, then July, August, September. I think it was faster than that. So I don't know if they came out every two weeks. I do remember that the first series seemed to be out a little bit longer to make sure the kids get the message that baseball cards were here. But I think it was mainly a spring and early summer back in those days. Uh, as Rich pointed out, it, when you get to middle summer, the kids are going to camp and they're thinking about getting back to school and they're thinking about footballs coming up and all that. So. Uh, My mom also famously, I love my mom, and this was not a felony at the time. (laughs) Now, if I put present day values on what she threw out, but she threw out mainly 1961 tops. And I think mainly they were the cards I got from Mike Phillips. Again, not the good Mike Phillips. Actually, both Mike Phillips are good guys, but I'm sure I was sharing a room with my brother. I left the cards out and she said, if you keep leaving them out on the floor, I'm going to pitch them. And my mom, She says what she means. She does what she said. She says she's very solid. You can count on her. That's one of the things I love is that she says she's going to do it. She's going to do it. So she's not a bluffer, just like me. I'm not a bluffer. That's why I'm not a good poker player. People can tell if I go all in on the hand, it's probably because I've got a good hand, not because I'm trying to bluff anybody. At the summit, I got into the difference of price guide versus value or value guide. And my mom, I think, understood that some things cost more, but I think she was always value conscious. So I've always thought that way. The price guides were, here's what the cards were selling for last month. And we did it every month. We did it every year, but values in the story. And there were some things, even when I was doing the price guides, I thought this seems to be a really good deal. I think this has potential to go up. But of course, I kept that to myself. I don't want to be advising people what to do. It's hard enough to figure out what cards are selling for now. It's really difficult to figure out what cards are going to be selling for in the future. So I didn't go into that. When I was in graduate school, I had a fellowship, so I had a stipend. Probably not enough to live on. I did some other part-time stuff. And I did sell some cards at that time. At this point now, we're in the early 70s. And I remember having a 61 set that I I didn't beg But I really wanted this guy to buy the set from me. Now I was asking 20 bucks. I think I was asking 21. I was willing to go to 20 and he just wouldn't do it. And I remember where he lived. He's probably 65 years old himself now, and he may or may not remember this. But I remember trying to sell it because I thought, I've got other things I can do with that 20. I can always get another 61 set. I'd love to still have that 61 set. I didn't sell it to him. I'm not going to mention his name, but it's amazing how you remember the names of people that are at various uh, intersections of your life. But he didn't buy it and that's okay. And Rich has pointed this out that Bill Mazeroski and Bill Scourin both were tougher to find in my neighborhood. And now we find out, which again, was no big surprise to me that those were shorter prints in that fifth series, I think, that were tougher. Mazeroski, obviously, I was in the Pittsburgh area. I was in Wheeling, West Virginia. It was 50 miles away from Pittsburgh. I would have been a pirate fan from before. So if Mazeroski's tough to find, you're thinking, well, maybe it's just because he's a pirate. Bill Scourin, first baseman for the Yankees. You think well, the Yankees were in the World Series in 1960. So in 61, yeah, maybe that's part of it to. But no, they were just legitimately tougher. At the summit, there was some discussion about transparency. And transparency is not a bad thing, but honesty is more important than transparency. My mom was very honest and she was very perceptive. Not I wasn't transparent, but she could see through me if I ever got in trouble at school. And again, it's it weren't felonies, but little misdemeanors. Being a, a smart aleck, I guess. I never got away with anything with my mom. Now I look back and I think, that's great, because now it gives me a real good sense of right and wrong. So thank you, mom. But it was pretty uncomfortable back in the day. You just couldn't get away with anything. Um Back in 1961, I remember sorting my cards... I think I initially sorted them in team order. And I've always wondered about this. And I was thinking that why would I put them in team order when it seems natural now, in hindsight, to put them in numerical order? I eventually put them in numerical order. But when you're in the neighborhood, and all of my collecting up through 61 was neighborhood collecting, you needed to have the cards in team order because that's the way people looked for cards. They wanted players on their favorite teams. And again, most people were pirate fans because it was in that area. Now, we moved a lot of times in the summers, so we had moved to Chicago in the summer of 59. We moved to Wheeling, West Virginia in the summer of 60. Enough time to know exactly where I was when Mazeroski hit his home run. And then in the summer of 61, we moved to a different neighborhood in the same city, different school. So I changed schools a lot. And I think we were renting houses just because my dad was, again, I now realize my dad was getting promoted because he was doing such a great job. But as a kid, you just know you're moving. And so we rented houses, and they were nice houses. In fact, the house in 61 was a bigger house that we were renting, and it was on a busy street. I remember riding my bike down the busy street to the candy store to buy packs of cards. But it was a bigger house, and then at some point we moved to a slightly smaller house in perhaps a better neighborhood for our growing family. And so that may have been the impetus for why my mom pitched put those extra cards that were sitting on the floor because we were moving to a smaller house. I don't know that for a fact, but all I know is she said, if you don't put them away, I'm going to throw them out. On the other hand, what a blessing that the year before, Christmas of 59, in fact, I'd gotten that shoebox of cards with Gouties and play balls from my dad through my grandmother and grandfather when we spent Christmas with them in 59. If she'd have pitched those, history may have been different <laughs> because that really gave me an opportunity to see there's some older cards. So my mom really smart. She knew not to throw away the older ones, but these ones from last year. And again, kids, my 1960 tops had zero value in 1961. I had a near complete set. And no one cared. That's why Mike Phillips, at the end of 61, when the cards had finished and he'd had maybe almost a complete set, I don't know why he picked me, but he gave me a set because he was done with it. There was no thought that these are going to be valuable, that he would miss them in any way. He was on to 62s. On the other hand, I moved to a different part of the city, probably five miles away, but different middle school. And uh, the kids there didn't collect that much. I remember seeing cards. I remember having a few packs. But even though I say it was a solitary hobby back in the day, still, if you had nobody to trade with, nobody to collect with. And I was probably a pretty astute trader back in the day because i always been pretty analytical and, and mathematical. I, I won't say I went completely dormant. I was aware of cards. I remember as the years went by, I'd see the cards. I'd have a few maybe, but I just wasn't into it. Again, nobody my age was collecting. If I had one collecting buddy, I probably would have hung in there. My brother was four years younger than me, so he had some... And so I was aware of it, but I can't say I was a serious collector in high school for sure. In college, I had this wonderful interaction with Gervis Ford. What a blessing to have a guy that was a serious collector that ran an ad in the paper that I could respond to and become lifelong friends with a quality guy who had a fabulous collection, a really great guy. So thanks, Mom. I wish you as many more as God wants you to have. I don't know how many that is. I just pray for quality years in these bonus years that you're having, and what a blessing that you get to spend time with your kids, grandkids, great grandkids, all that. Again, happy birthday, mom. And I will uh, be back with another episode Monday. So thanks again. The man